Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Conor Nesla. I'm here with Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello, everyone. And Carlos Gomez. Hola, hola, hola. Today, we have a very interesting paper. Carlos, can you tell us the name of the authors and the title and what's this paper about? Hello, everyone. Today, we are discussing a paper about gambling and gambling behavior. The title of the paper is The Gambling Behavior and Attitudes to a Sports Betting of a Sports Fans. The work is a collaboration of several authors. I will going to tell you the names in a second. They are Emma Seal, Bully Kardak, Matthew Nicholson, Alex Donaldson, Oha Lauren, Erica Randall, and Kira S. Talley. And they come from different universities in Australia the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology, uh, La Trobe University, and also Monas University in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur. That's really big team of uh, authors. And the paper is basically about something that we see in sports economics once in a while. It's about betting in sports, and they focus on the Australian contest. They have a huge amount of data, 15,000 people, uh, answered their survey, and they are interested in understanding two things. On the one hand, gambling behavior, how much people bet as well, and on the other hand, their attitudes towards betting. Do people think this is a good thing? Do people think this is a bad thing? And I wanted to ask you guys, do you actually bet? Do you bet on a sports stuff? I used to bet a little bit when I was younger on football, and together with a friend, we made a combination bet once. So you only won if you got everything right and then you would earn a shitload of money. And we had everything right except for one match. So we fell into the trap and thought, okay, we're really, really close. And then in a short period of time, I didn't lose a lot of money, but you know, I was always wrong. So when I was, I don't know, 20, 21, I bet for a few weeks, but after that, never again. Yeah. Okay. What about, you, what about you, Tadeo? Well, in Brazil, the proper betting wasn't legal when I was living there. So we did have this kind of lottery the Cornell mentioned. I've never participated. I've not done once in my life. I've done some research in betting in economics. This is funny. So I did some research about it, but I never did. But yeah, no, but this is good. Good point because we will learn a little bit more today about these things. What are the determinants of betting? Tadeo, do you want to introduce the paper and talk a little bit about the motivation of the authors? Yeah, sure. Well, it's more or less what I mentioned about this addiction that for me was extremely interesting because most of this betting literature, I'm not very into this, but yeah, most are talking about economic impact or the leisure behind the batting. And actually they start, I mean, the really first sentence of this paper, they are talking that the harm from the gambling is a global health issue. So, I mean, they got my attention in the very first sentence and then they make this comparison with some depressive disorder and some kind of chemical dependence saying that is a truly uh, global health issue. 
And then they discuss a lot. I mean, there's a lot of papers talking about this combination in batting and harmful if people that I wasn't aware before. I mean, the literature itself that for me was very interesting to read. And then they started to say about what the batting is, the rise of sporting batting over the time. I mean, the general profile about the sport batters, as they call. So at some point it was very interesting because you could understand if you are very naive into this or you really don't know anything about the batting, they provide a great literature review on this topic. So the paper itself, the goal was something that I was thinking to mention and you already mentioned that what they want was to understand the individual demographic characteristics of the people in Australia who gamble in sports or in a normal battings, in a normal kind of gambling, the gambling behavior of these people and the attitude to sport batting. And they mentioned that the idea from this paper is to make something broad because previous research used a limited number of questionnaires, some used qualitative analysis, and their goal was to collect a huge, a massive number of people answering and it was about 15,000 respondents. That is very great. And also understand people that bat, people that bat in sport, and people that don't bat. So in the sense, they could understand the profile of these people towards the sport batting. So in general, it's like that. They justify the use of Australia, for sure. They are from Australia, most of them. But also because there are 7 million people batting in annually there, that is a lot of people, and also that's about a million of people that has a risk of harm from batting. So in this sense, the setting is quite appropriate for such research. So I guess it would be nice if you talk more or less about the data behind this, because it's a nice paper. Yeah, before I really get into the data and talk a little bit more about it, and when Carlos tells us about the results, I think it is important to recognize the incredible amount of work that the researchers put into getting this data. Because if you perform surveys, you know how difficult it is to get, I don't know, let's say even about 100 or 500 responses. And in here, in the beginning, they had 17,000 responses for a survey that doesn't take two or five, but 15 minutes to complete. So Really, you have to give the researchers credit for that. They work together with 17 professional sporting clubs. I think this obviously helped a lot because they published a survey on social media channels, for example, Facebook or Twitter. So obviously it helps to get this kind of help from big players in this area. But still, I think this is a major contribution to the literature if you look at the kind of data that they have here. So what did they actually ask people apart from demographics like age, gender, and also wage questions? They have two questions that they really focus on. And the first one is thinking of all these types of gambling in the past 12 months, have you spent any money on these gambling activities? That was an interesting question for me because for this one, I would have to say no. So I would be in the no gambling category. And the other one was in the past 12 months, how often have you gambled? And <laughs> because I responded no to the first one, I would have responded no to the second one. Then they list all the data very nicely in the table. And 
I would like to mention three things in this table or three things in the data. The first one is a bit funny because it's actually a footnote that I read. And they write that they had to exclude a few bettors because they had an incredible amount of bets. So they were just outliers. And when I read the number, I really couldn't believe it because they say one participant reported 52,000 bets. I don't know actually how you can do this. I mean, there's multiple thousands a month. So yeah, you have to be really addicted. Otherwise, I have no idea how this works. Probably and this then, is also Cornell. I, I know a couple of people, they do this for a living. So this was probably a professional better. So I know some people, they also bet on behalf of other people. So I think this goes in the lane of professional betters on a way. And even if you're professional, that's not a bad number, right? 52,000? <laughs> then you are yeah. good and committed professional. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And then the other number that really got me, honestly, was they have this one cut. So they category of the betting into three categories so you have no betting so that's me and then you have guys who only do sports betting or the other ones who do non-sports betting and then they combine those two betting groups so sports and non-sports betting so and for me that you have almost 15 percent of the population who do sports and non-sports betting i would have never imagined that this number is so high because I barely know any people who perform both of them, but maybe this is more private and people feel free to mention this in a survey, but don't really like to talk about this in public. But I was amazed by this number. And then the other thing that I thought is interesting, but also that shows a bit that doing service is super tricky is there's a high percentage of people that say that they earn a lot of money. So if you look at the survey results, you see that you have almost 20% of the population that say that they earn more than 150,000 Australian dollars a year. So maybe they feel uncomfortable talking about their own wage in the survey. I don't know. And I don't know the wage rate in general. Maybe they talk to rich clubs in Australia but it is a high wage rate, right? So this is tricky, actually. Funny anecdote. Once that I was in Mexico teaching a class and I asked students that we were discussing about surveys, about the economic impact, one of the questions was about income. How much do you make? And people in Mexico were like, but yeah, you cannot ask that. And I was like, why? And they would say, because then they will rob you. You know, yeah, the, the economic impact analysis, <laughs> you cannot ask this, you know? So for sure, the cultural differences, and this is a tricky question. Yeah. I completely agree. So I think at least for wage, for the other stuff that they have in the data, you can really look at it carefully. But for the wage, I think you have to be careful, really careful in how you interpret it. So Carlos, you were already talking a little bit about the data. Can you tell us a little bit more? What did they find? So what were their results? Well, they actually have a very long and extensive results section. I don't think we have the time to cover all of this. They get to these results basically by running regressions. So they want to assess the variables or the factors that actually make a, a difference and determine the behavior of people when they bet. And first, I have a couple of fun facts. So the average number of bets in a year in the sample is 20 bets of people that bets in general. And 15 bets for people that bets in sports. So that is 
a little bit more than once a month. So it's a reasonable number. And then another fact about the sample is that they have 70% of males in their samples. And also the sample is restricted to people that are members of uh, elite clubs or they are fans or supporters of these clubs. So they are also putting the focus on this specific population in Victoria, in Australia. If I'm not mistaken, this sample is exclusively located in, in Victoria. And then some of the results, some of the key results. I would probably focus a little bit more on the factors that have an influence on gambling behavior. And first, the authors find, and we know that females are 10% less likely to place a bet on sports and about 6% less likely on both sports and non-betting sports. But there is something also interesting to this. Uh, age is a moderator. For example, and the authors give an example, if you are an 18-year-old man, you are about 25 percentage points less likely uh, to place a bet on a sports than a female counterpart. But this difference, that is 25 percentage points, goes only to five if you are a person over 60 years old. So AIDS is a moderator. We see a gender difference, but there's a huge moderator that is uh, AIDS. Then the authors explore many demog demographic factors that have an influence, education, uh, relationship status, employment. And there are also some interesting facts. For example, university educated people are less likely to bet on sports than those that only have a high school diploma. I thought it was really interesting that they find these results with a older people not betting. And I thought a little bit out about it. Honestly, I don't know anyone above, let's say, even 40 or 50 who's betting. So for me, it was only younger people that I knew that bet. But what about you guys? Do you know anyone? I mean, it, for me, it's like grandpa betting. Do you know anyone who's, let's say, old who's betting? I know some people that are old and they have been doing it for a while, not specifically on sports, but in traditional lotteries. And this is a, ah, probably yeah, hits, yeah. a huge factor here that plays a role, not only in sports, but right on the, on the others. But let me say, because there's also another striking result for me. And actually students are about 10 percentage points less likely to bet on a sport. That was surprising for me. I thought that students would actually bet more than other people. But maybe they need the money for something else or they simply don't have the time. Yeah, especially when you think about sports betting, right? This is something we would think the that students would imagine. Bet more. Yeah, yeah. There is one thing that, I mean, came to my mind that would be very interesting. As they are talking about the likelihood to bet, a kind of variable that could be added or for future students is like, how much money do you make betting? And this really may play a role in your likelihood to bet again. It, this would be very nice to research. I don't know whether, as I'm not in this literature, but it could be cool. Do you Good think point. people would be honest? I don't know. It's hard to... But I mean, considering that, let's say, they are not showing names and so on, and they were talking about the earnings about $125,000 a year, perhaps they could say about, or maybe the share of this money that comes from betting, they have made some professional betters as Carlos mentioned in the beginning. Yeah. Actually, the authors do not have the response to this, but reading the results and reading this, this study, we actually know that if you make more money in general, not on betting, but if you make more money, you are more likely to bet. So income plays a role. Uh, but it would be very nice actually to know if, if 
you make money through betting, you bet more. That would be very cool extension. And then maybe the last thing that I find interesting in the results, like these factors that play a role on betting, is second generation immigrants. Now, if one of your parents actually was born somewhere else, makes you bet less. So if you are a second generation immigrant, you are less likely uh, about three percentage points to bet on both sports and non-sports. And I thought that was interesting. Do you think this is related to culture? So are Australians more likely to bet because of their cultural or ideas to it? I thought it was maybe more related to being, let's say, because of your cultural background that you're more fiscally frugal so that you think I have to take care of my money and I'm not willing to spend it on bets because of your cultural background. This is at least how I understood this result, but this was only an intuitive guess, nothing more than that. Yeah, I didn't have any guess in this point as well. It's like my idea would be like Carlos say about some cultural stuff playing a role but i mean they really focus in the victorian part of australia and australia is very huge perhaps the result might be different in the different regions as well so it's a kind of thing that for these policymakers that they are trying to present some empirical findings would be nice to see different things in other regions for such a country i agree and also you know i think it is difficult for the three of us to interpret, evaluate the findings from Victoria, Australia. You know, none of us lives in Australia. If you would give me a map of Australia, it would take me more than one guess to find Victoria. So probably me too. Okay, let me say quickly, because I guess like you, so we're running out of time. Let me say also a couple of final remarks about the results. Um, now associated with the sports betting attitudes and how people feel about betting. They have a couple of interesting results that would provide ground for a longer discussion. And the first one is sports bettors. So people that bet on sports, they think they strongly support the idea that betting should play a role within the sports contest. It should be part of, of sports. And they are also at the same time less concerned about the risks and how harmful it can be for mental health or physical health and, and so on. At the same time, women are less likely to agree to that. So women are less likely to say that the sports parents should be part of, of sports. And younger people, on the contrary, think sports parents should be a part of sports. I would like to make here uh, last connection, and I, the authors introduced these findings before also mentioning a phenomenon that plays a role, that is the normalization of sports betting and the role that marketing strategies play, also the role that big clubs and big leagues play through the partnership and sponsorship agreements. And then the authors discussed that it's very important to understand these social processes behind betting and how group might moderate the attitudes of people about betting and also their behavior. So I think they built a strong and interesting connection with this finding at the very end of the paper. And with this, I think we have covered most of the important results. Of course, there are many, many things I can't tell because of the time, but it is nice a study to start discussing about gambling and what it means. I completely agree. I think it was interesting to read about it, even though I think none of us comes from this kind of area in, uh, let's say, sports or economics. Uh, it was really nice to read this paper. 
I hope that we'll see all of you next week again. Or is there anything else? Ah, I see that one of my colleagues, Carlos, there's one more thing. Yeah. yeah, also, now I think we know a little bit more why you guys don't bet. Probably you are a little <laughs> bit too old. You are probably a little bit too poor. <laughs> and you had an education, uh, you have a higher education diploma. So now, after this, we know a little bit more why today one corner to no bet. Yeah, at least for me, it was good not to go on betting. I would have lost a lot of money in the future so uh, thanks a lot for listening this week and i hope you tune in for next week again bye bye see you bye bye